This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not intended to replace therapeutic services of any kind. Please refer to the list of references provided if you need support. Welcome to another session with Sarah Kate and Ashley. I'm Ashley. And I am Sarah Kate. Today, so if you listened to the last episode, it was about grief and it was pretty heavy. Um, we enjoyed making it and we were so happy that we could welcome you guys into that space, but we thought we would follow it up with something a little bit less intense, a little less heavy, a little bit more exciting and yeah, so we are going to talk about dreams and not like the dreams you have at night, but the dreams you have for your life and how do you find them and what happens if you are, you know, having a hard time deciphering like what your passions are and what does it look like to really follow your dreams? And so that's where we're going to start. We are, um, Sarah Kate is going to read a message that we got from someone so we thought it was a really good way to start mm -hmm. about her specifically figuring out the dream and kind of the path that she took. Yeah, I sent out a little snippet on my Instagram and just kind of opened it up. And uh, it's my professional page where my clients, you know, will follow me and I'll post conversations on there sometimes just about different therapeutic, you know, interests and uh, techniques and that kind of thing to utilize. And so I had said, hey, you know, we're going to do an episode on, on sessions on dreams and like losing sight of them or maybe them changing or maybe not even really knowing how to discern what your goals and your dreams and your ambitions are. And one of my dear sweet clients um, sent this and we just, I read it to Ashley and we were both like, let's start there. Cause it mm -hmm. felt like such a good launching point um, to begin the conversation around like, what does it mean to actually discover and know intimately what your hopes and goals and dreams and um, aspirations are for aspirations? Aspirations. Yeah. Okay. For our, <laughs> for your life. <laughs> There's your vocabulary. Okay. So my state client wrote, I didn't necessarily have to come back to a dream but I did spend the last few years discovering my dream. I was never the kid that knew what they wanted to be when they grew up. I spent most of my life doing what I was, in quotations, supposed to, and kind of on autopilot. Through years of self-work, care, and therapy, and learning about myself, I have a dream. I know I have a dream of being a healer and helping others discover themselves and know themselves more deeply. Um, and so when Ashley and I read that, you know, the first thing I think when we were talking about what we wanted to offer in this session today, the conversation of not really being given permission, potentially when we were younger to explore alternative dreams or mm -hmm. dreams that were maybe a little bit outside of the box. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a lot of us, we had to bargain, we had to perform, we had to be achievers you know, for whatever reason to stay safe in our, in our family dynamics or in our social dynamics. And sometimes that doesn't really, um, staying safe because you have to survive, um, in your, in your home environment doesn't really lend itself to let those dreams be expansive and exploratory and outside yeah. of the box. Um, you know, Ashley said something really, she was like, there were two, there were two paths. Well, she said it was like college. College was a choice after high school. There was no alternative 
um, encouragement for vocations or, you know, like even, even me, I said it was in my high school, it was college or military. Those were kind of the two options. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it, it just, we're sometimes so pushed down a very narrow road Mm-hmm. based off of a million different things but sometimes we are just forced to kind of comply and do and we follow in our parents footsteps or we completely change that path because maybe that's you know we want to reroute our family's legacy but the reality is dreaming and creating a really wide life comes from a place of creativity mm-hmm. and if that creativity is not fostered in our young life, for whatever reason, we can find ourselves, these adults sometimes stuck and not knowing what our dreams actually are. Totally. And, you know, you think about school from the time we go to school, play is taken away. Like, sure, we have recess, but it's 15 minutes. Or if we're younger, we, we might get some like free time, but the creative expression we take away music class, or you only get to go twice a week or whatever it is. And so we grow up in a system that has taken all of that like it's taken away more of the chances to explore the pure creativity and we're kind of just all hurtled down the same path of like you're good if you get good grades Mm -hmm. and then you're you're given money if you get all a's or you get a certain amount of money for every a right and so that teaches you from a very young age if i get a's i get money and so that's super academic right? And it doesn't allow for the expression anywhere else. And so when we're talking about alternative dreams, yes, like we can have dreams in very academic areas. You can have a dream to be a doctor or a scientist or whatever it is, but that's not all there is to dreaming. Mm -hmm. And when we can allow ourselves, like Sarah said, to dream big, what is that bigger dream? It's more about your job, which you know, it's like so interesting when you think about when you like meet somebody, you're like, oh, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of the first questions is like, what's your job? And that like defines you. But like, what else is there to your life? What is the bigger dream? And what is your bigger purpose? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, um, when I was doing some traveling years and years ago, um, I heard this podcast and it has like sat with me. Um, but it was the, they were describing the, um, the story of this woman. And so when she was young and she was in school, she just like couldn't sit still. And mm-hmm. the teacher was like, you need to go have her assessed. Right. And mm-hmm. so the mom takes her to this, I think it was a psychologist. This mom takes her to a psychologist and they spend some time together. And then he gets up and he, he's, he says, well, I'm going to go speak to your mother. Now you just stay in here and wait. And before he leaves, he turns on the radio or something. And, and the mother and him walk out and she's, you know, she's kind of inquiring what they're doing. And he says, just look. And they watched her daughter in the room by herself through the window. And he was like, watch. And she just started dancing. Mm -hmm. She started spinning and twirling and moving around the room. And he said, you need to get this girl in a dance class. There's nothing wrong with her just because she can't sit still in her normal academic school. And this woman has gone on to, she was um, the choreographer for cats and numerous other, like she became a world renowned choreographer. Yeah. Right. And so like, we need these people Mm -hmm. in our lives and these teachers or parents, if if we're lucky enough or somebody to foster Mm -hmm. uniqueness in us. 
Yes. Because we are unique beings and to have mm -hmm. that bigger dream and that wider life, you know, outside of what I do nine to five every day. I mean, damn it. We spend a lot of time in our jobs. Yeah. That is the majority of our week. And if we hate them, if it yeah. is sucking the life out of yeah. us, you know, our vitality is missing. Yeah. And so I just think like, you know, those, those who were lucky enough to be seen in their young years and, and their, their creativity and, and, and creativity can be engineering. Creativity 100%. can be science, yeah, creativity, exactly. right? Like exactly. it can take so many yeah. different forms, Yeah. but what I think is the greater, um, issue is that we're not directed home right. to our own internal soul spirit yeah. connection to say, what is it that makes you feel alive when you're a kid, right? right? We're handed a bunch of things. And then we're uh, like, Ashley was saying, we're kind of like shoot all shot down the same path to some degree, mm -hmm. you know, and if you're not, let's say you weren't an academic in school that there, that was equated to your goodness mm -hmm. that was equated. And so like, what is the self-perception you're yeah. going to have then if you yeah. don't learn in the same way, which is like, I, I mean, I could go on a million tangents about how I just don't believe anything is actually neurotypical. I think it's a bullshit statement, but I do. I think we're all unique, how we yeah. learn, how we create, yeah. how we move through the world, how we move our bodies through yeah. the world. Like we're such, such original to our yeah. own, our own form. And I just, I, I don't think that we have a lot of space often yeah. to, to come home and be like, what is it that I really want? And we're not asked yeah. that question. And so then right. we find ourselves now mm -hmm. in our later adult lives being like, this isn't it, but I don't know what is. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's like, I just had an interaction with a nurse actually a couple weeks ago. And I literally was like, she was put here to be this person to take care of me, like to, or, and, and, and every other patient that she sees, because she was so embodied and she walked into the room and it was immediately calmer. Mm. Like she like grounded everybody in the room. And I was like, and I talked to her about it afterwards. I was like, do you, do you like what you do? And she was like, I can't imagine doing anything else. And so like, you know, when we're talking about like, like Sarah Kate said, like we're talking about like doctors or, you know, engineers, scientists or whatever, that's their art. It's like their art is taking care of people in a way that makes whoever is being taken care of seen and heard and understood. And we need those people. And she could say that she can't imagine doing anything else. Mm -hmm. And if we can't say that, there's something missing. Mm -hmm. Because so somebody else said to me, oh, maybe it's a quote. I don't know where I heard this, but it's like, who are you to deny the world your passion, mm -hmm. right? And your gifts. And so it's like kind of a selfish thing if we're not chasing after what we really are here for. Like, who are we to deny? We were given this uniqueness for a reason. Mm -hmm. We were given these gifts for a very specific reason and nobody else on this planet has the same gifts as you. And so like, who are we to deny that? Mm -hmm. And if we could foster that in people, instead of saying, Do here's this. your test, here's your box, right? These are the jobs that will make you money. Mm -hmm. These are the jobs that are good. These mm -hmm. are the jobs that are worthwhile, mm -hmm. you know, like, what is that? sad <laughs> it sure is it sure it sure, it sure is. is well and I just you know and like so okay so what do we do right like what's the application here what yeah, are we yeah. actually talking about and because no can we turn back to no we can't well, <laughs> sure moment. maybe sure moment yeah um Sarah but we <laughs> yeah. 
the microphone's here barely and uh, so I'm gonna have to sing at one point um but we we can't go back we can't go back right and redo our childhood mm -hmm. many of us would love to mm -hmm. um however I I think that we can start practicing now and this goes back obviously you'll hear me say this a million and one times to the the sensations that we feel in our body yeah. when we feel most alive when we yeah. feel that spark that that rise of energy mm -hmm. or that effervescence or that push forward i mean in in the previous episode we did a, a somatic session um around squirrels and ashley's pants <laughs> and what 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 we found out somatically was sitting there for her was this lack of initiation this um inability to mo mobilize to to activate to do something and and so when we do feel that in our body what does that look like yeah what does it look like when you're so inspired by something like i mean this is sarah and spades but like i was literally driving to my house this morning after i went to the grocery store and the leaves have all just in Colorado, just like opened and I got weepy mm -hmm. and I, I was just like, thank you, friends. I'm so happy you're back. And <laughs> it was a real moment, but I, it actually moved me emotionally to tears, but it was like this widening in my chest, yeah. this expanding of my heart to see life and vitality back on the trees again, mm -hmm. and just being able to honor like how green it was and how how much life it's, it's blooming here, you know, and, and that sensation for me, that growing, that blooming, that alivening is, it really fills me. And I think that's what I get when I work with clients. Yeah. When I see them come from a place of like stuck, static, cold, sharp, hard, rigid, whatever you, you know, however you want to kind of describe that freeze or that lack of motivation or ambition or aliveness and they start to, we start to do this work and they notice sensations in their body and they pay attention. And then they're, they're near someone or something, or they go to a play or they hear a, a song or, um, they go to a workshop and they, all of a sudden, like you see their spark come back. Mm -hmm. That is the exact same thing I felt when I was looking at the leaves coming back to the trees. It's like that returning of life, of yeah. vitality into yeah. somebody. And so for me, I know I am in the right position. Yes, I sit in the hardest moments with people and I hold space for the most intense tragedies of this life. And, and I am 100% there for that too, because I know that through this work, we can get to another side and we can get mm -hmm. somewhere else. And the, the healing process is possible. But, uh, you know, for me, just having, I was a wanderer. I didn't yeah. know what I wanted to do. And, yeah. and I had to start to pay attention to when I felt most alive. And, yeah. it, and it was, you know, it wasn't something I knew. I didn't know somatic experiencing back when I decided I was going to become a, a therapist. I started out as a yoga teacher and so I, and I was working with people and what I knew is like, it made me feel so good to see people feel good, to, yeah. to see them feel connected to themselves. Oh, there goes the microphone. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, well-placed. If, if something doesn't <laughs> we fall just lost our in session, you know, what, is it really a session with us? No, <laughs> if things don't fall apart. Um, but yeah, so I just, I was a wanderer. I didn't know, but I knew what I felt when I saw people feel more connected to themselves. And so I had to follow that and, you know, call, call, I was, a, I guess I could be considered a late bloomer in a lot of ways because I didn't start my career till quite a bit later. It was not right out of college. It was not right you know out. What's so interesting about that though. What 18 year old 
seriously but like for real what of their life 18 year old can make a decision well i take that back because there are some people like the the nurse probably knew yep for forever Mm -hmm. and she had the right set of circumstances to like put her there i don't know when she actually started being a nurse but you know she could have started right out of she could have went right from high school to college but but I don't agree with the late bloomer thing because mm-hmm. it was perfect. And we are so forced to have it, our life figured quote out. figured out mm-hmm. and what, how it's going to be set up as soon as we're done with high school. But like, if we don't even know what we're wanting to do or have had an ability to explore if where our true interests have been growing up have been stifled of course what we pick to do right away isn't going to be right yeah I you know people ask me all the time how I decided to be a physical therapist and I'm always like I wish I had a cool story but I don't like I really don't I honestly don't even remember like I feel like the idea just came in my head one day and I just like never changed my mind because I didn't know I could change my mind yeah and I remember being in PT school and being like what the fuck am I doing here and then I graduated and I was still like well shit because now this now I spent all this time and energy and now okay I have to be a physical therapist now Mm -hmm. so like that's what I'm gonna do and it's also so hard I had just accomplished something huge right like I had a and I couldn't really even be super excited about it like people Mm -hmm. were like but you're a doctor now you have your doctorate you did that like that is something to be proud of and I couldn't even really be super proud of it because I was like it's not right Mm -hmm. it's not right within me and then when you have this pressure again because that was a good job I was a good person for going to this school and like I went high school college grad school I didn't stop I didn't take any time off I just went And then all of a sudden I found myself in this profession that I knew wasn't for me, but like, Mm -hmm. what was I supposed to do? And all of the messages I got was like, but it's so good. You have such a good job. I can't believe you don't like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when I started, you know, it was in my first job. I loved my boss, loved my boss so much. And I had fun when I was like hanging out with my boss at work or like my coworkers, but like the job itself, like, yes, I was helping people feel better and return from injury and all of that but it wasn't I would go home at night not and be like okay you know like what's next Mm -hmm. um but it was like that was also when I started to feel myself gravitate towards women and gravitate not towards just their physical body but like everything else that made them up and that is what made me then like further my education in women's health and then that's what further brought me away from just treating the physical body mm-hmm. to doing the energetics and the pelvic bowl healing and all of that. And it was like, so it took me a really long time. I've been a PT for over 12 or 12 years. I don't know something. It's been a long time <laughs> <laughs> and it's taken me this long to like actually truly step into what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And wait, did we talk about this in an episode? I don't know. Or maybe I feel like, did I say in an, I might've said in an episode, or maybe this was actually an Instagram post. I'm not actually sure, but I talked about how I, people thought I kept moving further and further away from the quote, good thing. But really what I was doing was returning to myself. I, they thought I, it was perceived as a left hand turn, like just way off course to the outside world. And I had to get really strong and be so sure that I was 
that this was my life mm-hmm. and I was like done living for like what the quote good thing in like to other people's thoughts were mm-hmm. and it was a left hand turn to them and it was a return to me and that is what ultimately kept me going has it been easy no but has it been worth it a hundred percent and I would do it a million times over right and I think that you know so beautifully speaks to the process of like having to there has to be a death there has to be a loss of the idea of a life Mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of what my client was speaking to even there. She's, she's like, I, I just did what I was supposed to. And then through work and time and effort and self-exploration, you know, I was able then to, to decide I need, this is what I need to pursue, but like what has to die. And the same for me, you know, I, I had a pretty strong direction and that was academics, college, get a good job, do mm-hmm. a, get a career. Right. Mm-hmm. And and it, it wasn't for me, you know, I yeah. did it because I, I had to, and mm-hmm. it was important to, and in, in a lot of ways, but it wasn't yeah, what was going to make my life full and whole. And yeah. so I, I the same thing. I took some major left turns. I had always wanted to be a hairstylist. My grandmother, they called them beauty operators back then. And she was a beauty <laughs> operator. And I, <laughs> what? Isn't that a, I really love that. Yeah, they're called beauty operators. Oh, I so, really like but she was that. a badass. She had her own salon. Like, no, she only had a seventh grade education. Like, she was an incredible woman. Um, but like I, I I wanted to follow her footsteps to some degree. And it wasn't super celebrated my by my parents, you know, that yeah. me going into a profession that was a vocation, you know, wasn't the path. It wasn't the plan. It wasn't what was going to keep me safe. Um, and at the same time, I did my yoga teacher training and because mm-hmm. I wanted to be a yoga teacher. And so like I, I kind of like burst the bubble of the norm in my family situation, you know, and, and, and I sit here from a very privileged place of being like, I got to go to school. I was able to follow, pursue that and do that. Like I recognize that's not always a choice for everybody. And, and so, you know, I, my journey had to, to kind of twist and wind, Mm -hmm. um, as anybody's will in, Mm -hmm. in their capacity. Sometimes it's school, sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes you're working in a field for 18 years because it's easiest to get a job and do that right to survive. So we all take these, these turns, but I came alive Mm -hmm. when I set all of those shoulds down and I loved doing hair. I turn, it just made me sparkly in so many ways, it made me feel like I was creating the internal and external expression of what people felt internally. Like I wanted to bring that internal beauty to the outside of the world, you know, and mm-hmm. share that. And then, and then being a hairstylist, I was like, oh damn, I have to become a therapist because <laughs> yeah. hairstylists are therapists sure. through and through. And I, that's what made me realize, but you know, it just, it was a, it was a twisty turny roundabout way of getting here you know and the reality of it is when we tr- when we come back to ourselves as ashley was saying when you returned home to who you were mm-hmm. you could see how you wanted to do it yeah right rather than looking yeah. at the how first of a dream right we have to look at yes. what we feel yeah and go back yeah. to the sensations and like go back to that self exploration of like what places what people what things make you feel most alive when you are near it 
And yeah. how do you know that? How yeah. do you feel that aliveness in your body? So one of the things like what she's talking about is like that feeling in your body and how do you know that? So I did, um, when I was in PT school, I took a trip to Guatemala and I will never forget. I had, this was like my, well, I just was like a really important, I was walking with my clothes on top of my head to go get them washed. And I was walking down this like teeny tiny sidewalk and there was like flowers that were like coming out of this brick wall. And I was like, oh my, like Sarah Kate just said about the leaves blooming here. I was like, oh my God, this is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And in that moment, I felt so expansive. And so like, when we talk about like, what does it feel for me? It was like this expansion where like, I felt so light and I was just so insanely happy. Like there was just, if you looked at me, you would have known that I was feeling so joyful. Mm And that has been, that is where I was trying to get back to, because the reality is we are here not to suffer. We are here to like love the life that we live. It doesn't mean that it's always easy, but we're not here just to suffer and suffer and suffer. Like sometimes we're told, Mm -hmm. right? And so for me, returning home was like, where can I find that joy? What is going to make me feel so alive? that if you look at me, you know that I'm experiencing joy. And, you know, again, like we're going to find like the road is not just straight. It's up and down and it twists and turns. And every twist and turn gives you more information of like, oh, that wasn't it. Or like, oop, yep, that was part of it. Like, I need more of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all information that you're gaining mm-hmm. to figure out where it is, where is home for you. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think, um, I mean, our next episode, we're going to be talking about self-abandonment and we were kind of prepping for these two things today together. And it, it felt like a really important follow-up to this episode, Mm -hmm. because I do think that what we are taught early on is to Mm self-abandon. We are taught to leave the self behind Mm -hmm. and conform, Mm -hmm. or if, if we're not taught that, because there's an expectation of who we're supposed to be in the world, then it's out of, then it can also be out of survival, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can't have feelings, sensations, emotions, because it is not safe in the environment that I'm in. So I have to shut the parts of me that are a part of my vitality and my intuition and my knowing down. I have to lock them away mm-hmm. because they are not able to exist with me in this life. And what I so often am doing with my clients is that coming home. Mm -hmm. and that process of getting to know your sensations. And this is why we've we've really started this podcast is to create the invitation to get to know who you are, to rehome, to come back, to to reintegrate into your own body and to to connect with your own being, to hear it, to trust it, to sense it, to know it. So that way, Mm -hmm. when you are making choices in your life as, Mm -hmm. as this adult, they're coming from that place of you knowing this is for me and from me, mm-hmm. um, not based off of what I had to do or how I had to be or how I had to exist, mm-hmm. right? This is this is the work that can help us knowing our bodies, learning our bodies. And it's, again, it's a scary process. It can be very scary when we've had to shut those parts down, but like 
our dreams will unfold in front of us. Our directions yeah. will unfold in front of yeah. us when we follow our sensation, because our brain is going to stay logical. It's going to stay reasonable as best it can to say, do this. That's not, that's not safe. That's not good. Too outside the box. Uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. But our body is like, I need something more. Like totally. give me something yeah. that makes me feel alive and excited and, and open, yeah. you know? And so listening and really renegotiating that relationship that we have to ourselves is such a big key yeah. in establishing and chasing yeah. dreams that we have and ambitions that we have totally. in this lifetime. So one of the things that I like to, well, a lot of my clients will get um, a lot out of this exercise because it's like, well, cool guys, great. But how do I start mm-hmm. to do this? Right. And dreaming is a muscle that you have to like practice using. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to just be like, oh, all of a sudden you know exactly what all of your dreams are. And so just ask yourself, what would an ideal day look like? And sometimes what'll happen is you'll be able to like, and I, like when I say this, like think about like as specific as you can be, like what color are the sheets that you wake up on? What does your room look like if you were like in the ideal space? Or maybe it's like on the beach and like in over the ocean. That'd be nice. What is, what is those called? Cabins over the ocean? I mean, Rooms, no. whatever. <laughs> Not a cabin. Cabins are here in the mountain. You're right. <laughs> happens over the ocean but you know the little houses over the ocean yeah maybe that's what it is and tune in to where what parts of the day you can really quickly identify Mm. because sometimes this is what'll happen sometimes you can be like oh this would be my dream morning and then you have from the hours of whatever 10 to 5 p.m then you're like i don't know what the hell i would do Mm -hmm. okay don't force yourself to like sit there and try to figure it out Maybe you can think of what your ideal activities would be. Mm-hmm. Like you, you would love to be able to go for a hike or you would love to be able to go to the beach or you would love to be able to go to the grocery store and get all the fresh produce and make a really yummy, delicious home-cooked meal for your family. Mm-hmm. Like there might just be activities, but it's an exercise to help open up your brain to thinking mm-hmm. like that because we don't do that. And sometimes I've done this exercise many times and sometimes I write out like a bulleted list and sometimes I write five or six pages because it just comes and comes and comes and comes and comes but the more you practice the more you're going to be let in to like okay now I really can dream about like I've got my morning figured out and now like this is what I would really love to do if I were working or if I were having meetings throughout the day, and it doesn't mean you have to know exactly what that is. It could be like, I have a dream that from the hours of 10 to five, I'm helping people. And that could be it. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's great. If that's the information you get again, you're just, that's another little clue Mm -hmm. that you can pay attention to. And then your brain is going to get used to, and your body is going to get used to going there, going to those sensations. Mm -hmm. But when you think about like, unrest and unhappiness we'll just use in terms of career like if you're Mm -hmm. like super unhappy and then all the way over here on the other end of the spectrum is like you your dream job and you're so joyful and you like can't wait to go there every day to make this huge jump from one side to the other it's not gonna 
it's not going to work so well with your nervous system. It's too much. Mm -hmm. It's too much. You have to kind of like titrate yourself along that line. Mm -hmm. Let your body get used to feeling those sensations of joy. Let your body get used to feeling like, oh, that really did make me come alive when I was five. That feels really good. Don't try to force to go all the way there. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Okay. Well, yeah, because you, to your point, you can't, if this is not a muscle you have used, if this is not something that has been available to you, you know, expansion, like let's say maybe you've had to live in more constriction in your life, trying to just completely blow the lid off and blow it wide open will be way too alarming yeah. for your nervous system. Yeah. It will be like, this is too much information. I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. It floods us. So mm-hmm. I love what you're saying there, Ashley, because it is so much about pacing and titration of here's ideas that I have. Here's thoughts that I have. I go into that sensation a little bit. And I do, I enjoy the way that my heart lifts. I enjoy the way that my shoulders settle down my back, or I enjoy the way that I feel uh, my stomach settle, right? We go in for a little bit, we notice, mm-hmm. and then we come back out. Yep. And then here I am in my life, mm-hmm. you know, but it it isn't to, to just try to like throw ourselves into the op on the opposite end of the spectrum isn't actually sustainable. It w- yeah. it will be too overwhelming, but um, yeah, to begin to explore these sensations, what I would call the comfortable or the pleasurable sensations that we have in our body, right? Not good, bad. We try to stay away from that because then we'll just automatically try to inherently avoid yeah. the bad ones. Yeah. Um, so if we say comfortable, uncomfortable, pleasurable, not, not so much, um, not enjoyable, whatever you want to say. But if we start to really allow those pleasurable, comfortable sensations to become known to us, um, to become more familiar to us slowly, then we establish that foundation of like, oh, I can keep going towards this thing that does make me feel Mm -hmm. so incredible. Um, You know, and then there's just like a shit ton of fear and doubt and worth that is going to come up when we start to dream. Mm -hmm. Ashley and I have had it. We talked about it in episode zero. um, the imposter syndrome, but like, there's all that, that will come with this. Right. And like, I, we aren't believers, like everything's fluffy and wonderful when you decide that you're going to open yourself up to dreaming, you know, (laughs) is not going to be easy, but, but we, we feel so passionate about it because I think she and I have had gotten knocked around a lot in the sense of like, why are you doing that? You shouldn't do that. That's crazy. You know, what is that? And we've created some pretty unique, weird careers for ourselves that to me doesn't feel like a career. We're, you know, we're recording this podcast on a Saturday and it wasn't like anything for Ashley and I to be like, yeah, we'll spend a couple hours doing that on Saturday because we love it. Mm-hmm. And we want to talk about this stuff. And, and well, and you made us breakfast. Yeah, I mean, so to my ladies so like of course I was of course she was coming over of course I (laughs) I couldn't get here faster (laughs) but yeah like you know I I, my hope is that you know as we can talk about the heavier things grief and imposter syndrome and all of these really difficult things that we can also have these conversations here in this space to help ignite or support or encourage you to make just one slight adjustment to the to the thoughts that you have in a day and to the ideas that you think about in a day Mm -hmm. right like and no sometimes it's going to be a glacial pace to get Mm -hmm. to a different place and sometimes it takes a hell of a lot of time and a hell of a lot of work and a hell of a lot of healing and Mm -hmm. when I, I this is true for me in my life I mean if I at 21 
would have like thought about how long my life was going to take me to get to 38, I probably wouldn't have made any changes. Mm-hmm. Thank God I didn't know the trajectory. Mm-hmm. But now at 38, I'm like, all of that time was worth it. Mm-hmm. Every single moment, every single mm-hmm. heartache, every single loss, every single tragedy, trauma, it has brought me to here, to this moment, yeah. to be here in this tent yeah. right now with you, you know? And so yeah. I, if we stop, but we just have to start, we have to start believing and trusting that our own body and our own being no more than everybody fucking else on this planet. Yes. That's it. That is you it. know <laughs> yourself. And if you don't, welcome home. Yeah. Let's exactly. get to know. Let's get to know it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. I think it's <laughs> my <laughs> Well, our mic is already dropped. <laughs> so maybe we should have stopped then yeah. when it fell. Um oh, God. you know, and I I I wish that we all had somebody in our life that really was there to provide us the encouragement and the permission and the space, a healthy and supportive space that would have really just nourished these like innate talents and this innate knowledge mm-hmm. that we have in our body. And even if you didn't have that, you 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 have it within you. You have that inner knowing. And like Sarah Kate said, like, this is it. Like, this is welcome hope. And if you need the permission, if you need the encouragement, like here it is, we are here. That's why we are doing that's this. That's why we're doing this. And I just got goosebumps. Oh, that's yeah. Me too. Actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and okay, even now we're being though, yeah, even though, like I said, even though I was sitting in PT school on the day that I graduated, I was like, God damn it. Like, what did I just do? It truly brought me here. And even though I had to like fight my way through the, like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? If from my colleagues, from every, every separate little space in my life. So like some people don't even still understand. Some people don't even know like what I do. Sometimes I don't know what I do, but, um, (laughs) but even with all of that, it is still worth it mm-hmm. when you come to the other side mm-hmm. and you come home because that feeling, mm-hmm. that feeling of coming home is better than anything you could imagine. Mm-hmm. And it is worth it. You just have to keep going. You know, just keep swimming. Just keep Here she goes swimming. again with the swimming. That's not the beat, I don't think. There's right? a beat? Well, like the cadence. <laughs> Anyway, oh, Sarah Kate sings Whitney Houston or Cher or now Dory. Okay, I love it. God bless it. I don't know why we're here. Um, well, anyways, I just I'm glad we're talking about this this week. You know, I think it, it was a it was a nice little um foray into yeah. to kind of some other territory but it's important like our sensations are comfortable they are uncomfortable and our Ashley and I are so committed to helping people learn and understand what their sensations are so that way all of these things come to fruition for you through you knowing you yeah and you know and we hope that this conversation today has maybe illuminated something in you that may be a spark that hadn't been you know attended or noticed in a while might 
might kind of reignite or might catch your attention or your curiosity. Um, but know that that what you are feeling and as you learn what you are feeling, it is, as Ashley says, oftentimes perfect, it's yours, right? And there's ownership that gets to come with you knowing what you feel in your body and the direction that you want to take in that ownership and that agency is, is paramount mm -hmm. um, to living this one, um, as Mary Oliver says, one wild and precious life. Yeah. So we hope that today you got a little nudge of inspiration to go live that wild and precious life. See you next time.